September, the best month. Ooh, so <laughs> this is the month when we are our most powerful. Yes. Because of our friend group, almost everybody has a birthday. <laughs> In September, yeah. I think like... I don't know. I think there's like, what, eight, nine, ten of us in the friend group and like five or six of us have September birthdays. It's 50 percent or more. (laughs) I think it is five. I think think it's five out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, when this episode comes out, it will be Katie's birthday. Oh, yeah. It will be. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it will be my 31st birthday. Everyone wish Katie a happy birthday from your homes. Please enjoy a glass of overpriced champagne and some oysters or french fries, whichever thing you prefer, because those are the things I like on my birthday. And we are doing it on her birthday. Yes. I'm very excited. Very excited. So I'm very glad that we are talking about Delilah Green doesn't care today because my my husband keeps referring to this book as the one with the girl who looks like you on the cover, which, like, fair. <laughs> He's not totally wrong. Delilah definitely looks taller than you on the cover, though. Yeah, yeah. I think she is taller than me, and I don't have, you know, curly, like, it looks like black hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the cover, she is heavily tattooed, wearing all black, and what appear to be the same pull-on Doc Martens that I have, so. Yeah, uh, he's definitely not wrong. And I found in the in the book, I found Delilah to be extremely sexy, so I, I'm just going to take it as a compliment, too. As you should. <laughs> so, for our September book club, we are doing Delilah Green Doesn't Care, um, as we've discussed. And this is our first queer book that we're talking about on the podcast. So some of our listeners will be very happy. Shout out to Tom. Ah, Tom is one of our listeners and sent us a bunch of books, Yeah, which is amazing. Tom, we're going to read your books. Thank you for the very nice letter. It genuinely made me tear up a little bit because I got it on a really rough day at work. So it was, it was very nice. Yes. Thank you. It also made me tear up. So just, yeah. It was very nice. So what were your first or what are, what are your overall impressions of this book before we get into it? This was a fun one. One, it had a lot of elements that I really like in a romance, which we kind of discussed when we announced we were going to do this one. There's a wedding. So there's wedding drama going yeah. on. Uh, there's a small town, which is fun. There's a bookstore. And I really like Delilah. Uh, she yeah. has a very similar sense of humor to us. Yeah, yeah. So I want her to be my friend for Me too. sure. I want to be in this friend group because they all sound lovely. Yeah, they they made me want to go hang out with them. Yes. Okay, shall I read the blurb? Yes, Katie, please read the blurb. Delilah Green swore she would never go back to Bright Falls. Nothing is there for her but memories of a lonely childhood in which she was little more than a burden to her cold and distant stepfamily. Her life is in New York, with her photography career finally gaining steam and her bed never empty. Sure, there's a different woman in it every night, but that's just fine with her. When Delilah's estranged stepsister, Astrid, pressures her into photographing her wedding with a guilt trip and a five-figure check, Delilah finds herself back in the godforsaken town that she used to call home. 
She plans to breeze in and out, but then she sees Claire Sutherland, one of Astrid's stuck-up besties, and decides that maybe there's some fun and a little retribution to be had in Bright Falls after all. Having raised her 11-year-old daughter mostly on her own while dealing with her unreliable ex and running a bookstore, Claire Sutherland depends upon a life without surprises. And Delilah Green is an unwelcome surprise, at first. Though they've known each other for years, they don't really know each other, so Claire is unsettled when Delilah figures out exactly what buttons to push. And push her buttons she does. <laughs> when they're forced together during the gauntlet of wedding preparations, including a plot to save Astrid from her horrible fiancé, Claire isn't sure she has the strength to resist Delilah's charms. Even worse, she's starting to think she doesn't want to. Dot, 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 dot. So, we first meet Delilah literally in the middle of a one-night stand. Yes, post-coital. <laughs> Waking up in the middle of the night to her phone ringing in a woman's apartment that she doesn't know her name. Okay, and this opening scene was, I was like, okay, I'm going to like this book because Delilah remembers that this woman's name starts with an L, but can't think of what the name is. And so... This is like so genius by by this author, Ashley Herring Blake. It's so funny. So she's like, Delilah's like inner monologue is like going, running about this woman. And every time she men mentions her, she uses a different name that starts with L, which is so funny. This is a very, very funny scene. And yeah, exactly for that reason that you said where I was just cracking up at some of the names that she was picking. Right. Let me find some examples. Um, Linda, Lydia, Lana, Lily, Leighton. Leighton is a good one. <laughs> Leighton is a good one. You can tell that Ashley Herring Blake was like, shit, I gotta think of more L names to use in this. <laughs> Lanier. That one's interesting. It's a name. Leah. London. Anyway, it's hilarious. Later, her name turns out to be Lorelai. Shout yeah. out to Gilmore Girls, I guess. But <laughs> I guess I guess. Uh, but Delilah is waking up in this apartment in the middle of the night after a successful art show. Yes. Delilah is a photographer who does this very artsy work that's mainly focused on, I think later she says, queer women, water and anger. I think is what she says, something like that. Yeah. And so she's at this art show and a woman invites her home per kind of usual that we learn about Delilah. Is yes. She, you know, she gets around and she likes it that way. Yeah. So she gets this phone call from her stepsister um, who is getting married as we establish reading the blurb. Um, and we learn pretty early on that Delilah has a pretty strained relationship with her stepsister and her stepmom. And one of my notes from early on in the book is like, is this a Cinderella retelling? At times, it kind of feels like that, especially right. in the beginning. Right. I think she even like at some point says her evil stepmother or something right. like that. Like it, And she's with the stepmother because her mom died when she was young another fairy tale element yeah uh, and, and then, then her dad died yes which is god so deeply sad i um, know i also wrote this is another dead dad book <laughs> two in a row man rough at this at least this when we came into it and the dad is already, already dead mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But, you know, so Delilah is a, like a like an orphan, a true orphan. Yeah, a true orphan. And she's kind of world weary because of it. And she has this rough relationship with her stepmom who at this point in the book, it just seems like we don't really know what went down, but it seems like she just wasn't very engaged in, in Delilah's life um, at this at this point. Um, same kind of deal with her stepsister. Mm-hmm. She definitely feels like an outsider in this kind of inherited family. Um, but Delilah's stepmom offered a big fat check for Delilah to shoot Astrid's wedding, like $15,000. $15,000. But it's for two weeks of work. So she's like shooting the bachelorette party and like all all of the events. So when you look at it like that, it's still a shitload of money. But like... I mean, my wedding photography was like $7,000 or something, $6,000, $5,000. It was over five. Shout out to Taylor. Shout out to Taylor. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten married yet, so I don't have any concept of what these things cost. But Shit's now, expensive. Well, yeah, now that you say that, I guess it does make sense to for $15,000, but... Right. If you're actually working off of that, it almost seems like they lowballed her for Maybe two weeks so. of work. Especially after you have to edit all those photos and right. you have to fly and Okay, well anyway, it's a fat check, no matter right. what. And Delilah doesn't have like a significant stream of income. She has like no dollars. So she's like, oh, fuck, I gotta go do this. Right. And so she answers the phone. She and Astrid, who she keeps calling ass. Which is so funny. <laughs> Delilah is uh, very snarky, which is why we like her so much. Yes. And she confirms to Astrid, who she's been avoiding for the past few weeks, that yes, she's coming. She's Mm going to photograph the wedding. And you already know how different these two women are. Astrid is very proper and... Kind of waspy yes. is how I pictured her. Yes, she has big waspy vibes. Yeah, whereas Delilah is this like artistic, tattooed, you know, even physically opposite, you mm-hmm. know, dark, curly, unruly hair, and Astrid is blonde and proper and put together. Mm-hmm. And then you also learn pretty quickly on that Astrid still lives in their hometown, which mm-hmm. Delilah basically... Once she graduated high school, was like, hell no, I'm getting out of here and moved to New York. Yeah. So the book starts, you know, with Delilah in New York, but she um, flies home really quickly to the Pacific Northwest um, to this town called Bright Falls, this small town. And she's staying at this quaint little inn, but our girl needs a drink when she arrives. And so she goes to the one and only local bar. Stella's. Stella's, which is a good local bar name. A very good local bar name. I wish we got more scenes at Stella's because I love like a, I love like a go-to hangout type bar in a book. Yes. It reminded me of the pizza place they go to all the time in the Wilmette series. Yeah. So Delilah arrives at Stella's with her suitcase and everything. And then we shift over to the other part of this perspective of the book, which it's in third person, but it is dual perspective also. Right. Which is, it works for Better, me. Better, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we meet Claire Sutherland, who is already there with her friend Iris. Who I love. Ooh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't like her. 
Well, I can't. I didn't like her at first, obviously, because she's such a bitch um, to like everyone. But I came around on her because I realized she's just kind of a little bulldog and protective. That's fair. I don't know if I ever truly warmed up to her, mm. even when she and spoiler, I guess she and Delilah kind of become friends. Right. And I think even then I was like, I'm holding a grudge for Delilah. Yeah, she was not the nicest. I wish we had gotten like a little more character development with her because yeah. I like because I did warm up to her, but I was like, I'd, I'd like to see more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's very funny. She is very funny. A lot of the characters in this book are very funny. So we meet Claire and Iris sitting at the at a table in Stella's drinking wine and Iris basically decides Claire needs to get laid. Uh, yells to everybody in the bar <laughs> who basically wants to fuck this woman. Which is so funny. Uh, Claire is a single mom, which we learn at this point in the book. Uh, she has an 11-year-old daughter named Ruby. And she hasn't really had a relationship since... She was with Ruby's dad, Josh. Who, yes, Josh, who they got pregnant, or she got pregnant when they were both 19. Yeah. And we also learn- He was like her high school boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they had even like been together for a little while at that point, but you know, usually when you're 19 and have a baby, it's unplanned. So- Sure. And we, so in the, Josh reminds me of Rory's dad in Gilmore Girls. Yes. Right? Um, yes. Because we learn very early on that he has this reputation for just like swooping into Ruby and Claire's life, being a good dad for like a few days. And then he's just like, oh shit, I'm out. And then disappears. Yeah. Leaving Ruby obviously very upset. Claire pissed off and a lot of times she says that when Josh would like come back to town they would fall back into old habits and sleep together mm -hmm. and things would just always get more complicated and Claire is lonely and she's sad and wishes the situation wasn't like that yeah and so this for all of these reasons she has not had time for a relationship she also owns a bookstore and she's just our girl's got a lot going on she does but Iris wants to get her laid. Yes, Iris wants to get her laid. And so Delilah is in the bar, but she's facing the bar. And Iris basically makes this little bet with Claire to, like, leave with somebody's number. Like, not even leave with somebody, just get somebody's number. Yeah, which is a good, it's a good challenge. Yeah. I respect it. Yeah, you know, lower stakes. I get it. It, it, it was Yeah, ease her into it. And then so Claire goes rolling up to like this super hot woman she sees at the bar who is, no surprise, Delilah. Yes. And we realize or we learn that they all know each other. Yes. Claire and Iris are the best friends of Astrid and they like all grew up together. Yeah, like Iris and Astrid and Claire like all would hang out at Astrid and Delilah's house, you know, typical like middle school, high school girl stuff, sleepovers, just chilling. Um, but Delilah was kind of an outcast for a, a myriad of reasons that we will learn throughout the book. Um, 
But they do all know each other, but Claire doesn't recognize Delilah. Yeah, because Delilah got hot. Delilah got hot. <laughs> she got really hot. <laughs> so Claire, you know, sidles up to the bar and starts flirting with Delilah. Delilah's drinking bourbon. Claire orders a bourbon. Obviously, Delilah's drinking bourbon. Yeah, because she's fucking cool. <laughs> Which ugh. couldn't be me. <laughs> couldn't be me. I drink Cosmos. Delilah knows it's Claire. Claire does not know that Delilah knows it's her and doesn't know that it's Delilah. Right. And so Delilah's like, I'm going to fuck with her. Yeah. <laughs> and so she gets real flirty back and like, yeah, she, she puts she puts the moves on her, I guess, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Delilah's hella flirty and Delilah's like kind of a fuck boy. <laughs> she kind of is. <laughs> which, which is very funny. Um, but yeah, so they have this very flirty moment in the bar, and then Astrid shows up, mm -hmm. and is like, what the fuck, Delilah? And Claire's like, what, Delilah? <laughs> yeah, and Claire just basically melts into the floor. Yeah, she's super embarrassed. It's very funny. I feel so bad for her, because the I, I got very secondhand awkward reading that part, because I was like, God, this would be so embarrassing. I know. Ooh, and none of them really like recover. I mean, Delilah comes out on top. No right. one really like recovers from the moment, though. Right. And so they all like they see each other at the bar, and then the the next like few events are generally just like ramping up to the wedding. Right. So we have our first wedding event. I don't remember if it's the next day or like within. Within the first few days that Delilah's in town. This wedding is, I, th this is what I imagined was like the Kardashian wedding. Yes, yes, Of yes. like just two weeks of events. Exactly. So there's a. It's like a bridal it's luncheon a, it, or yeah, something? Yeah, it's like a bridal brunch or something at this like fancy like tea place. Okay, for a small town, it sounds very fancy for exactly. a small town. And I just need to talk about Delilah's outfit oh. for this luncheon. Because this is the moment that I literally wrote in my phone notes app, Delilah Sounds Hot. Um, because this outfit that she puts on, it's like this the the much hotter girl version of the of my favorite outfit that I wear all the time. <laughs> um she wears cream colored pants, which I pictured as my Aritzia. Yes. Pants. They are good pants. They are good pants. A black silk tank <sighs> with the the armholes are really low, so you see a bunch of side boob. My my version of this outfit is just a black bodysuit. Um, heeled black sandals and gold chains. And I'm like, I would have a crush on this woman. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I do have a crush on this woman. 100%. And also, I want this outfit. Yes, I want this outfit. She also has really great tattoos. So she has a bunch of wisteria going up and down her arms because the house that she grew up in was called Wisteria House and there's wisteria everywhere. She has a bird on her shoulder, more flowers, an empty bird cage, a little girl holding a pair of scissors, the cut string of a kite floating off near her elbow. So the little girl is holding the scissors and the kite's floating away. A tree half covered in some kind of leaves. I don't know what that word is. Um, more birds, more trees, more flowers. And then we learn later on that she has 
like a cloud with a lightning bolt coming out of it and it's like um the storm in the teacup. The storm in the teacup. Yeah, there's a teacup underneath that it's like raining into, which yeah. I really like that one. I know. Are you going to steal one of these tattoo ideas? Well, I actually have the cloud and the lightning. Yeah, you already. Do. You don't have a space to put a teacup under it. I know. I would like a teacup. Anyway, all of this is to say Delilah sounds very hot and very cool. We also get a description of Claire who wears a lot of vintagey clothing mm-hmm. of like curvy polka dot things. Yeah, she has like cat eye glasses. She's very 2012 mod cloth. It goes with her whole vibe. Yeah, her whole vibe is sexy librarian. Yeah, yeah, which, which I'm into. Yeah. But yeah, so they go to this bridal brunch. Um, there's this very cute moment between Delilah and Claire's daughter, Ruby, where she helps her like Astrid has like Astrid's kind of a bridezilla. Um some of it is her fault and some of it is not her fault. The other part of this is Astrid hates her fiance but hasn't admitted it to yes. anybody. Yes. He's awful. He's awful. So yeah, it's all there's a lot going on here. But Astrid has asked Ruby, Claire's eleven year old daughter, to wear this dress that's very much not her style. So there's this nice moment where Delilah kind of helps her, does like a quick little revamp. Yeah, Delilah's like Tim Gunn, apparently. Yeah. And just like go to the bathroom and revamp this whole dress. Yeah. So there's this very cute moment and we get to see kind of Delilah is a bit of a softie at heart and Claire's like moony-eyed over her with this nice moment. And then Delilah is like a fucking bull in a china closet at this event because Delilah's whole kind of purpose in coming to this or like her goal was she was like, okay, I'll come. I'm going to get my bag. You know, I'm going to get paid this money for shooting this two week long wedding, but I'm going to fuck some shit up while I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't know if I have a lot of feelings about, but it made me so anxious. Yeah, it made me very angry. I hate pranks. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they didn't even like feel like, I don't know. Like, Sometimes it just felt mean. Yeah. I like this knock. So at, at the bridal brunch, she knocks over like a champagne tower, which that felt kind of mean. That one felt mean. I like the other ones, but this one felt mean because... One, the brunch just ends after she does this. And also, the people who really suffer, like the people who work there. They do mention that Delilah helps them clean up and all that. So at least she does that. But I was also like, girl, those glasses are expensive. Right. And it's like one thing to ruin it for like some shitty family member that you don't like. It's another thing to like ruin everyone's entire day. Yeah. Or at least a big part of their day. So this is a lot of what we learn about Delilah and her relationship to her family is she feels very, very, very separate from them. Yeah. And is I don't know if I would say it's bitter how she feels about her childhood, but she's just very sad about it. Mm -hmm. Even -hmm. if she won't really admit it, she has a lot of leftover loneliness from that time. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so. Astrid gets pissed at Delilah 
even though Delilah's like, it was totally an accident. I swear I didn't mean to knock the thing over. Um, but it's not good. Um, and at some point, I can't remember if it was this conversation between the two of them or soon after, um, Delilah basically out of nowhere is like, oh, yeah, well, I bet I can't fuck your friend. Oh, yes. So, uh, this might have been in the bar. I Yeah, I don't remember when this happened, but at some point during this first, like, third of the book, Delilah's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get with Claire. And Astrid's like, you better fucking not. Yeah. And so then it's like a, it becomes a bet. And I, I wrote how very she's all that of them in yeah. my notes. <laughs> it doesn't really get mentioned much throughout the book. Yeah, there are a couple plot holes in this book, and this is one of them. Yeah. that the, the I mean, it is what leads to the fallout at the, the big fight at the end, but it doesn't get mentioned. It's like mentioned at the beginning and then mentioned at the end, but not much. I forgot it throughout. happened. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. So, but it is something that happens where, yeah, Delilah is like, no, Claire thinks I'm hot. I'm going to sleep with her. <laughs> I bet I can within two weeks. Yeah. So like we said, Delilah's just here to like make her money and fuck shit up. Um, and she's like doing a pretty good job of it so far. The next event is Delilah goes back to her house and has to see her wicked stepmother again, but she gets to see her childhood home, which is like bittersweet for her. And this is just another like basically Delilah's stepmom is just having everyone over for dinner. There's no real like occasion and not a lot happens except once again, Delilah Green is here to fuck shit up and pushes Astrid's horrible fiance into the water and makes it look like an accident because she also goes into the water with him. But we know it was on purpose because she gave her phone and her camera to Claire first to hold. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So Spencer, this is where we meet Spencer, who. God, he's horrible. He's like, he's pretty harmless. He's just awful, mm -hmm. like obnoxious to Astrid, like constantly very sexist. Yeah, very condescending. Um, later on, he gets a little like lecherous, but nothing truly bad happens. Um, he reminds me of Warner from Legally Blonde. Yeah, except skeezier. Yeah, he's still skeezy, but like, you know, he's not... He's not abusive. He's just awful. He's just gross. I mean, we do find out later on that he, like, perhaps was a little emotionally yeah. abusive to Astrid. Um, but at this point, all we know is that everyone hates Spencer, including <laughs> including Astrid. Um, but Astrid hasn't admitted that yet. But it's clear she is, like, not feeling it. Um, and no one really knows why she's marrying this guy. And Delilah's like, I'm going to fucking push this man into the water. Yeah. So she kind of, Delilah, Claire, and Iris all team up to basically make sure that Astrid does not marry this guy. Uh, Claire and Iris are into it because they obviously care about their friend. Delilah's into it because she wants to fuck shit up. Right. Yeah. Um. So this is where we kind of get to start see, seeing these three women 
bond a little bit. Like they're sort of breaking down Delilah's walls. And as we mentioned earlier, Iris is a huge bitch. Um, but I think it's just because she growing up was super protective of her friends. And from we learn later on from Astrid and Claire and Iris's perspective, they thought Delilah was just being kind of snooty and ignoring them and didn't want anything to do with them. And Delilah thought they were doing the same thing to her. And so I think the reason Iris is such a bitch is because she just has a lot of like, she's like, man, you treated my friend bad and she's your sister. So I'm going to be a bitch to you. So it's not the healthy way to handle it, but it is kind of easy to see where she's coming from of like, you are awful to my friend. Why should I be nice to you? Yeah, all of this conflict that's going on in the book for the most part is just them not communicating. Exactly, because they were literal children when this happened. Right. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not yeah. blaming them at all. They were, you know, again, literal children. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of, they were just a family that didn't talk to each other very much and they're having to deal with it as adults. Yeah. Um. So the next wedding event, they go on this vineyard trip, which is... Not a bachelorette party. It's more just like a a weekend. It's a spa weekend. They're staying mm-hmm. at this really nice hotel. It's on a vineyard, uh, which sounds great. I want to go. Yeah. But they show up and it's the Claire, Iris, and Astrid. And then Delilah's there to semi-participate, semi-take pictures. And then we find out. Astrid didn't book her a room. Yeah, which Astrid played off as an accident, but we later find out was purposeful because she thought Delilah wouldn't show up. Yeah, this is a sad moment in the book. This makes me really sad. But it means we also get... Only one bed. I feel like we need a jingle for when only one bed I know. (laughs) I'll just do the rap horn myself. (laughs) Only one bed. Um... So, you know, Claire and Delilah are like, we'll share a room. And Astrid's like, no, because she knows that Delilah's Mm -hmm. trying to get into Claire's pants. But Claire's like, oh, I'm just going to be nice and do this. It's totally not because I'm attracted to this woman. Definitely not. They've been like flirting on and off. Claire is like, I'm not I'm I'm not doing this. I'm trying to resist. But she does offer too. So we get two big moments on this vineyard trip Mm -hmm. between Delilah and Claire. One is. They kiss. Obviously, they were. They were. It's only one bed. Something yeah. has to happen. Something has to happen. There's only one bed. Obviously. But then we also learn that Claire is like basically the reason that Delilah's photography career exists the way that it does. Yeah, this is interesting. It's it's strange, but yeah, we find out Delilah confesses that like. She was interested in photography and she wanted to do photography, but she wasn't really sure, like, what type of photography she wanted to do or, like, how she wanted to do it. And then she took this one photo of Claire after her, like, in in the midst of this, like, mental breakdown because of her deadbeat baby daddy, um, where she was, like, in the water and crying and just like totally anguished. And it was that photo that like made Delilah's work like start being noticed. And like 
she like started using this like like you said earlier this like water and queer women and stress kind of theme yeah she doesn't show anyone the photo of claire but it becomes like this i want to get that back. that vibe yeah. yeah that vibe and yeah she admits it to claire after they have this is it before or after they make out I don't know. They're having this like very intimate conversation both before and after the makeout. It's like the first like little bonding mm-hmm. romantic and, moment. Yeah, right after they kind of have a good friendship bonding moment with Iris of where they're all sitting around the table eating really good food and drinking wine, mm-hmm. which wow, my kind of evening. Yep. They did not um fuck up and order an espresso martini at the end of the night like we did last night though. Oh, I no regrets. It was great. Katie and Abigail did not feel good this morning. No, we did not, but it's okay. So that's really the most that comes out of that Vineyard weekend. They're like, throughout this book, uh, there's a lot of, pl- it's like a 400 page book. This is a long book. It is a pretty long book, which I didn't really realize when I started it. Right. I did just because I read it. I have the print copy mm. and I was like, damn, this thing's thick. Um, So a lot happens in this book, but they're like all little like sp- a lot of them are really small side moments mm-hmm. that just help with character development, really. There's like this this book is definitely one. Of, so I always think about in the app Storygraph, which is sort of like Goodreads, um, you can when you're reviewing a book, you can say whether it's more about like plot centric or like character development. Mm. And even though there is a lot of like things happening in this book, I feel like. It's all just like Delilah's personal character development journey. So there's not necessarily like, there is a plot, obviously, but it's more just like about Delilah's evolution. Yeah, while she's back in her hometown and, you know, fighting with her demons and all that. Exactly, exactly. So so all of these little moments are just like Delilah getting closer to Claire, but also coming to terms with what happened to her. In her childhood, you know, dealing with her grief, her dad dying, dealing with um, her stepmom, dealing with Astrid, her stepsister, and how all of that, like, still has an impact on her, even though she's, like, living in New York, bad bitch photographer, um, living the dream. So, yeah. So, Claire and Delilah are getting to be closer, and they sort of just, like, start making excuses to hang out with each other. Yeah, which is really cute. Yeah, and so there's one night that... Delilah is over at Claire's house and they like, they're like, what should we do? Let's hang out. And they come across this tarot deck, which is very funny. And they like pull tarot cards for each other. And they're all like sex related, which is really, it's really, really cute. It was like a gift from Claire's mom and it's all like literary women and tarot cards or something. I didn't really like understand it, but I was like, I'm here for it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's literary women on Instead of, like, the regular figures on the tarot cards, it's, like, literary figures. Yeah. Um, But, of course, it's all sexual, and y'all know where this is going. Yes. They do it. Yep. So they kiss at 44%. I don't have a marker. And the the sex goes down at... 57-ish percent. So about about spot on. 
And this book is spicier than I thought it was going to be. I know it There's is not spicy. A lot of sex scenes, but the the I mean, what? There's like two, really. Two, three, three. Yeah. Um, they're they're a little more graphic than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I didn't really go into this book uh, thinking it was going to be super spicy, but I I don't know if I go into a lot of books expecting them to be spicy or not, unless it's like Tessa Bailey, right? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when I'm reading a new author, you don't really know what to expect because you're like, is is this someone who writes spicy sex scenes? Is it someone who writes kind of, you know, fade to black, closed door sex scenes? Mm-hmm. You never know. Um, and you didn't really catch it. Like, yeah, like they're talking about um, Delilah having all these one night stands and stuff. But so it's like a pretty sexual book from the get go. But you, there's nothing really foreshadowing that it's going to be like, steamy mm-hmm. um and it was i liked it I had, i've never read a spicy or this spicy like queer book involving women so yeah. i thought it was great i thought it was great too and then this is my favorite part of the book oh yeah then they go camping yeah so tell us why <laughs> so Claire is being kind of protective mother here. And Josh, who is in town right now, and he's been hanging out with Ruby, and things are going pretty well, but Claire can't let go of, obviously, you know, what's been going on that he's left in the past. Yeah, Claire is skeptical. Claire is definitely a helicopter mom. Yeah, and, like, I can't blame her. It makes sense. And Ruby's still pretty young and has already had her heart broken by her dad. Yeah, but Claire's, like, overly anxious. Like, she'll, like show up at Josh's apartment yeah. when, like, Ruby is supposed to be with him. It's, like, it's kind of stressful to watch, but you also feel for her because you could tell she's just, like, really, she doesn't know what to do when her daughter's not around. Yeah, which I feel like is probably how a lot of single moms feel. For sure, for sure. So they get this idea to join Josh and Ruby on their camping trip because because they want to break up sabotage Astrid and her fiance the idea is that you know Claire suggests that she'll just go with them but then Iris or one of them one of the other women decides that no no no, we should bring Astrid and we should all go with you and so Claire calls Astrid and is basically like you know I can't be around Josh without sleeping with him and then Astrid because she's a good friend, agrees to go. Yeah, and so the idea is that they're going to get Astrid there away from Spencer and try to get her talking about the relationship. Yeah, Astrid is very closed off. She doesn't really want to talk about it. She never talks about Spencer anyway. Because she hates him. Yes, because she hates him. We know why, but she never offers a window for her friends to be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't marry this guy because he sucks. Right, right. Um. So they all you know, finagle this camping trip, but they get there and who gets out of the car but Spencer Spencer. (laughs) in his like nice leather shoes. Which I I hate Spencer, but I did a fist pump at this part of the book because I knew the drama is coming. Yeah, we knew it was going to get messy and it does. So everyone's like, fuck, Spencer's here. God, that sucks. Um, Ruby's having a great time. I wrote in my notes that I don't normally love kids in like romance novels because I don't know. I feel like sometimes they're not always well written or mm-hmm. maybe they're cheesy or 
or it takes you out of the romance a little bit. But I love Ruby. She's such a cool kid. She's so cool. And I love this little relationship that she has with Delilah where Delilah sees a lot of herself in Ruby. Ruby's kind of an artsy kid. She's really good at drawing and she gets really interested in Delilah's photography. Mm -hmm. And they just like develop this little little friendship, which I really liked seeing. And it is really cute. It's very cute. So so Ruby's having a great time. She's spending time with her dad. She's spending time with her mom. She's spending time with her new friend, Delilah. Spencer and Astrid are not having a good time. They go on this hike. Yeah. Uh, they're all supposed to go together and then Claire kind of bails on them for because she wants she like has a panic attack kind of yeah yeah so Josh because Josh takes Ruby to the swimming hole and the hot springs the hot springs yes we're in the Pacific Northwest the mm-hmm. hot springs and Claire basically yeah has like a panic attack like because Ruby could I don't she just spirals basically. right she's like oh my god she could drown like all of these like definitely illogical like anxiety thoughts. Yeah. Um and Delilah had stayed back too cuz she was like I don't want to hike y'all. I'm not about this. I'm Delilah. Yeah, I'm Delilah. So Claire comes back which leaves Iris on this <laughs> horrible hiking trip with Spencer and Astrid and Iris is like what the fuck you guys are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like um so they're gone. Delilah and Claire have some little Little cute moments together. They have like a little argument because Delilah starts to get a little jealous because she heard what Claire told Astrid about, oh, I can't be around Josh without sleeping with him. So Delilah's like feeling self-conscious. Yeah. Which is funny. And Claire's like, what? No, like, no. Are you crazy? Yeah. Um. So they have this nice little moment. They go find Josh and Ruby. <laughs> but then the others come back from their hiking trip. Delilah and Claire also bang in the tent. They bang in the tent, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Iris and Astrid and Spencer come back and they look awful. <laughs> yeah, they look super haggard. And it's because, like, we find out that Spencer decided he was some mountain man and was going to go off the trail. And. You know, that's like the number one thing that you don't do. You stay on the stay trail. On the fucking trail. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. Spencer's an idiot. Um so yeah, that was very, very dramatic. Um but nothing truly bad happens. Um and I guess going back, like but right before this, before Josh took Ruby to the hot springs. Him and Claire got into a fight because Claire was like, I don't want you to take her there. And Josh is like, I'm never going to be good enough, am I? And Claire has this kind of moment where she's like, um, well, if my kid doesn't need me, then who does need me? Then who am I if my kid doesn't need me? Mm-hmm. And that's what starts this whole spiral. So we get this like really sad but nice like character development moment with Claire um, because she's starting to kind of realize like why she's like kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Delilah does a really good job of comforting her sexually and like emotionally. Yeah. She, yeah, she does what she needs to do. But then my favorite moment on this camping trip. Oh man. Tell us about it, Katie. <laughs> These women are like, how are we going to fuck with this guy? Meaning Spencer. <laughs> 
They reference the parent trap, which is very fun. Which is very funny. Um, and they decide, Josh has brought, like, all these, like, cooking essentials. And so they're like, we're going to take some cayenne pepper. We're going to put it in Spencer's boxers. <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone's, like, chilling around the fire. The mood is not great, but, like, things have settled down a little bit. And Spencer's like, huh, some weird going on. I don't feel so good. I don't feel so good. And he's, like, pulling on his crotch. <laughs> and then he's like, hmm, actually, I really don't feel good. And the, his, his like, balls are on fire. Yeah. And he freaks out and, you know, gets pissed off and stormed, storms off and goes and hides in the tent. And everyone dies laughing. The funny detail of this, too, is that they mentioned they put cayenne pepper in all four of his pair of underwear, which he brought four pairs of underwear for a one-night a camping, one night camping trip. trip, which is really funny. But yeah, it's this, this is a prank that is very mean, but he deserves it. Yeah, this one, I was like, yeah, 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 this one's fine. Yeah, I'm there's rooting only, for them here. There's only like one victim here, and he deserves it. So- I'm on board with this one. And it does feel very parent trappy. <laughs> it really does. It's very like um put sugar in the mosquito spray. Yes. Oh, which they say that they're gonna do to Yeah, him. they reference that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or push his air mattress out into the lake and then they realize oh the lake's not driving or dragging distance away. Yeah, we can't drag drag yeah. him that far. And I don't think he has an air mattress. So they get back from camping and yeah, for the most part everything's pretty good between Claire and Josh and Astrid and Spencer being Astrid and Spencer. Astrid hates him. Still won't admit it. Yeah, Claire and Josh had this argument, but they're always having this argument. So Claire and Delilah are are kind of operating in this weird little in-between space where Claire thinks Delilah just thinks of it as sex. Delilah is trying to think of it that way. It but seems she's like, like, oh shit, I, I like this girl. Yeah, I, yeah, I really, really like this girl. She's cool. Mm-hmm. And Delilah shows up at Claire's door and takes her on a really cute date. Yeah, they go roller skating. It's so fun. It's really cute because, yeah, Delilah shows up and Claire is, I think she's like wearing sweatpants or something and Delilah's like, I want to go somewhere. And Claire's like, where? And Delilah's like, I want to go somewhere. I can hold your hand. Yeah, so they so they go to like a neighboring town because mm-hmm. they're still keeping things on the DL. Um, and they go roller skating. It's very sweet. And so they have this is their first like date. And so they're kind of like as of now, like together, together. Yeah. Like it. it is a proper date. They go roller skating. They eat pizza there. And then they come home and... Have this, they have very intimate sex. Yes, yeah. And that's when Delilah really has her oh shit moment of like, I really like this woman. And then she has this kind of, this entire time in her hometown, she's like, maybe this place isn't so bad. Maybe these these people aren't so bad. And maybe it is nice to have somewhere and something and someone to belong to and she's like it wouldn't be so bad if if this were not just sex yeah so but then we get to the uh next and uh 
spoiler alert, final wedding event because we never make it to the wedding. No, we don't. Which we knew was going to happen because there's a sequel to this book about Astrid. About Astrid. So, so I knew the wedding wasn't going to happen um, the entire time, but I, but we didn't know how. Um, and it did not happen in the way that I expected. Me neither. Yeah. So Claire and Iris drive over to Astrid's house to pick her up for their what is actually going to be their bachelorette party, mm-hmm. and Astrid is on the front porch throwing Spencer's things into the lawn, which is also very Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, did he? Was he like cheating on her? Like, what was going on here? Turns out he bought a house for them in Seattle without telling her. Yeah, and like. There was like something that happened earlier in the book where they kind of hinted like, oh, we're going to move to Seattle eventually after we get married, like in X amount of years. Um, But he went and bought a house in Seattle without telling her, without showing it to her. And so this is the reason that she finally pulls the plug. I wanted so much more, like, salacious drama out of this. I know, me too. Like, I wanted him to have done something horrible. Have a secret family exactly, or something. Exactly, yeah. And, I, like, and I genuinely thought it was going to be something like that. Yeah, and, like, what he does is horrible. But right. it's, as far as, like, you know, romance novels and whatnot goes, it's not, it's like... It's not that dramatic, yeah. yeah. It's it's not low stakes by any means, but it's, you know, it's kind of like, what the fuck? That's right. weird. Right, but I think it's, like... You know, we 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 understand as the reader that for Astrid, this is just like the nail in the coffin. So I don't even think it's like it's not even that it was this event necessarily. It was like all of these things and then this. And so she's like, fuck this. Like, I'm done. Yeah. And he says these awful things to her or he's like, you got to get out of this small town. You don't want anything else. And then he mentions her friends. He like insults her job. Like, yeah, he's awful. He sucks. Um, And, you know, we kind of find out throughout the rest of the book that the reason that this is kind of the nail in the coffin is because Astrid is like, I have never once had control over my own life. It was either my mom calling the shots for me or then in this relationship with Spencer, he was calling the shots for me. And so I think that kind of explains why it didn't have to be a big moment to end right. the relationship. Like she was just like, and this too, mm-hmm. on top of all of it. Um, yeah, he Spencer basically assuming that he's going to force her to move to Seattle within like, you know, a couple weeks or something. Right. Like right after the wedding, which yeah. is truly insane. Yes. Oh, it's 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 a big deal. It's a bad thing, but not as uh, soap opera-y as yeah. a lot of things. In terms of. Romance novel drama, it is not the not the highest level it's of like drama. It's like one of those things you could find out about your friends doing that you're like, ooh, weird. Mm-hmm. But not like, ooh, weird. Yeah, it's not like, oh my God, break up with him immediately. But because he's so awful in all these other ways, right. it makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they just like, good for Astrid. She's just like, bye. Get, Get out. out of my house. Yeah. I'm done here. Um. And yeah, so then like this whole chunk is kind of these these women coming together to help Astrid. It's very nice. Like Astrid is super depressed, but she's like still <laughs> giving out tasks to her friends to help them cancel stuff, which like 
I see a lot of myself in Delilah, but I also see a lot of myself in Astrid mm. because you know that if some horrible shit happened to me, I would still be like, hey, can you, I'm going to send you a to-do list. <laughs> to Cancel help make florist. My yeah, exactly. Um, so they're kind of dealing with the fallout. Um, and Claire, so, uh, so Astrid's dealing with the fallout of the canceled wedding. And so we get this really kind of big moment where Claire and Iris go to Wisteria House with Astrid so they can tell Isabel, the stepmother, that the wedding's off. Mm-hmm. And they ask Delilah to come, which is really nice. It is really nice, yeah. yeah. But it's all like, like all of this stuff is going on at the same time. And so Delilah gets there and they're in the they're in the room talking without Delilah, like they've already started. And Delilah overhears some stuff that basically confirms that Astrid wanted her at the wedding. Isabel couldn't give two shits. Yeah. And Delilah's like, huh. Okay. That's a little I didn't know that. And then she goes upstairs and looks in her old room, which has been completely changed. And then she goes into Astrid's old room, which looks exactly the same as it did in high school, and then sees a box of Astrid's journals and starts kind of flipping through them and realizes, oh, Astrid actually wanted to like be close and wasn't ignoring me throughout our childhood and I just kind of put up these walls and lost out a little bit which they both did but yeah it's they really just realize like or Delilah just realizes like okay we were kids who didn't really know what the fuck we were doing and didn't know how to support each other kids who are also like grieving grieving yeah. yeah because she also realizes like oh i was grieving my dad but astrid must have been grieving him too because they were a family mm-hmm. um and isabel was grieving and so they didn't really have a lot of guidance on through this right re- really awful moment of their lives they were 10 years old and they had only been a family for i think two years so not, yeah not super long enough to already have existing bonds together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know going through this really tough time of how do you how do you exist when you know delilah's an orphan astra just lost a stepdad isabel lost a husband it's it's bad all around. yeah it's all bad um i have no sympathy for isabel though yeah she that sucks. woman sucks um astra's mom um and then we have the fight yeah, so Claire comes upstairs, and it it doesn't start out as a fight. It starts out as a nice moment, and then it just takes a turn. Yeah, so so Claire comes upstairs and sees Delilah, and they start talking, and Claire's, like, apologizing, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I was going to walk you inside and things like that. And Delilah basically tells her she's going to stay and that yeah. she wants to be with Claire. And then they start making out. On Astrid's bed? Yeah. And then Astrid walks in. Yeah. And she's pissed because, duh. Yeah. Um, And then so Astrid is angry and lets slip that... Um, Delilah had said this at the beginning of the book where, I can bed your friend in two weeks. Right, right. And so Claire is, of course, upset 
they don't really talk. Delilah makes her plans to go back to New York. Um, but while Claire is at this super low low, um, her 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 baby daddy Josh falls off the map again and stops responding to text messages. Claire's upset. Ruby is upset. It shit's bad. Um, Iris and Astrid show up to support Claire because she's like, fuck, I can't believe he did this again. But it turns out all of this was a misunderstanding too because Josh being a dumb man um, did not tell Claire that he was going to be out of town for a few days and didn't have phone service because he was building a house out in the country, yeah. building a little cabin, an, an A-frame cabin that sounds fucking cute as shit. I know. So he had, like, texted her, but he was already on the road. Yeah. And none of his texts went through. Right. So so-, so he, wasn't, he wasn't bailing again. He was, like... Putting down roots. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all very nice. Iris punches him, though. Iris punches him, which is, like, he deserved it. That's, that. I, I'll take it. Yeah. So um, he, he shows up at Claire's house, like, while they're all there. Right. To explain what happened, basically. Right, because he sees the 400 messages and calls from Claire, and he's like, oh, fuck, I have to go do damage control. Yeah. And then Ruby and Claire get in the car with Josh and drive to this new cabin, which, again, sounds adorable and immaculately decorated. And he, like, works in construction, so he's, like, done a lot of the work on it himself. And it turns out he's opening his own, like, construction business, too. Like, he's got his shit together. Yeah, it's a very happy ending for this little trio. And Claire and Josh even have this conversation on the back porch where Mm -hmm. Josh Mm -hmm. is like, you know, we used to sleep together, and I don't think we should do that anymore. And, you know... I we don't love each other in that way anymore and I want to be a good co-parent and I want to be a good dad and I think part of the reason I was running away all the time is that things were just confusing and hard between us too. Yeah, yeah. And so they just decide to be a little family, which is really nice. Um but Claire is still sad because Delilah is gone. Delilah is gone. And another kind of side plot of this book is that Delilah got offered this really big show in new york and so when she runs back to new york she spends just like a week preparing for this show um that's all about like queer artists and yeah she she also kind of drops off the face of the earth but in a productive way she kind of buries her sadness and her work and so she's in new york she's at the show opening and she's showing all these photographs some of them were like work that she had already done and one was a new piece that she had taken while she was in bright falls that she called found and it's a self-portrait which is kind of rare for what she does and then she also shows the photograph that she had taken of claire and who does she see at the show looking at said photograph Ooh. Astrid. It was kind of a little twist. I know. I was expecting it to be Claire. I was too. Yeah, but Astrid comes to New York to go to Delilah's show, and they make up, and it's really, really nice. It's they they basically like talk about all the things that they probably should have talked about a long time ago, mm-hmm. and they say everything that we've been saying, which is like, we were kids, we were grieving, we didn't have any support, 
and we didn't know how to support ourselves, let alone each other. And like, can we be sisters? Yeah. And it's so nice. It is really nice. I was really glad we got this good sister moment of them Mm -hmm. deciding to try, to try and be friends and be sisters, even though they are very different and they've got kind of years of angst built up around each other. But yeah, that they uh that they got to have this moment. And while Clara and Delilah are having these little resolutions with the other characters or the other people in their lives, all of them are like, Hey, you're in love with Claire or you're in love with Delilah and they're like, No, like And then they're like, Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, no. And so when Astrid shows up, Delilah, you know, basically makes the decision. Yeah, so she moves back. I mean, she gets this, like, big fancy agent. The show goes really well, um, but she tells the new agent, like, I'm going to be spending a lot of my time on the other side of the country. And, yeah, she... Everyone lives happily ever after. There's a very cute grand gesture where Mm, Claire mm -hmm. comes to the bookstore to open up and she has this blank wall. So she inherited this bookstore from her mother who inherited it from her grandmother. And Claire's been kind of redoing it, but it's slow going because, you know, she's a mom running a bookstore. And so there's this blank wall and she comes in to open up one day and it's got all of Delilah's photographs on it. Including the one of her. Mm-hmm. Including the one of her, which she knows Delilah must have put it up because... Nobody else knows about this photograph. Mm -hmm. And then she like turns a corner and there's Delilah waiting for her. Um, It's really nice. It's really nice. And so Delilah tells her, I'm staying and we can be together. Yeah. And I told my agent I was going to be here and and we'll figure it out. And the end, happily ever after. Um, Are you going to read the sequel? So I read the little bonus chapter in this book of the sequel. Oh, I didn't. I did, and I don't know. I don't want to say... Mm. So the sequel is about Astrid, and it starts off with... The the, the book starts off with Astrid's got this new big job, and mm-hmm. it's going to be on TV. And she's still friends with everybody. Astrid is still kind of sad, but has this big job coming up, and then somebody spills coffee on her. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be another queer romance, but it is. It's another woman. Yeah, which is news. Yeah. So in the book, it's established that, you know, Claire and Iris are both bisexual. Uh, Delilah is a lesbian. That's all established. Astrid, we just kind of assume is straight. Yeah. And there is that there is a joke toward the end of Delilah Green that. Um, Iris is doing the same thing in the bar with Astrid that she did with Claire to be like, yeah. hook up with someone. And then there's this joke about like, could be a guy or a girl. Blah, blah, blah. And then there's this like, uh, Delilah's in her monologue or maybe Claire's in her monologue is like, oh, Iris wants her like little bi or, or like a little queer yeah. girl gang, which is very funny, but I didn't like read anything into it. But- I didn't either. I just like assumed that Astrid is like, you know, she's the straight woman of the group. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So that makes me wonder if I'm going to read it or not, too, just because that feel like, not that I don't want Astrid to be queer, but like, 
it feels very out of left field. A little bit. And so I w- I'm curious of in this new book if it is a lot of Astrid like realizing she's interested in women. I hope so. And figuring out that part of herself of like, you know, whether that was something that she always wanted to explore but felt like she couldn't because of her mom, you know. So, yeah. I don't, I think I'll, I'll read prob- it. I'll yeah. probably read it mainly because as you know, I'm a completionist. Yes. And I did really like this book, so why wouldn't I like the other one? Yeah, this one I feel like is going to be interesting because you have like TV drama in it. Yeah, and I I've read a few books that kind of have that like HGTV fixer upper inspired plotline, and they are generally fun. Yeah, I just read Maggie Moves On, which is very fixer uppery. Mm-hmm. So I might have to give some space before I do this one because sure, it's I don't know I don't know if I need more fixer upper in my life right now. But yeah. Yeah, I think I'll come back to it. Yeah, I'll probably read it. I'm not going to necessarily like seek it out, um, but I'm going to keep checking on like um, book outlet and thrift mm-hmm. books and those places that I buy cheaper paperbacks from and yeah. see if it shows up somewhere there. Yeah, I I am really interested to see how they explore Astrid as a character who is, you know, making an assumption here, maybe realizing that she's mm-hmm. interested in women with interested in women versus Delilah who we meet who is known for forever she's yeah. only interested in women yeah so one of the main things that i liked about this book was that it was very heavy on character development mm-hmm. you know there was kind of this the hero's personal journey or whatever um for the for the english majors in the room <laughs> um but i just i i I really, you know, sometimes I like just romances that are just like straight up uh just the just about the romance, no side plots, no no nothing. Um but I really like that this was and and so many of the books that we've read for this podcast are like nice well-rounded um stories that are about more than just the romance, they're about personal growth or they're about mental health or they're about different types of love, romantic and friendship and family mm-hmm. and whatever. And so I think that's been a theme for for a lot of our books is like friendship and family and stuff. And and so I, I really liked that about this book. Yeah. One thing I did really like about this book that we didn't get to talk about as much, but I really liked seeing Delilah realize she could have friends, which is something that, you know, she kind of hasn't allowed herself based on a lot of the loneliness that she felt as a kid. Like everyone thought she was really different and really withdrawn and that they wouldn't want to be her friend. And so as she starts to get to know Claire and Iris more, she has these little moments of like, this is really nice. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that. And I really, like I said, I really liked that we got the moment with Astrid and Delilah, Mm -hmm. you know, making up basically or yeah deciding that they want to try and be friends and Delilah allowing that to happen where she hasn't before so before we started reading Delilah Green I actually started reading Bet on It by Jody Slaughter which is as we refer to it the uh the bingo romance yes um but I realized that I needed to read Delilah Green because we were getting close to recording. So I had to stop that. And then I finished Delilah Green yesterday or maybe the day before and started reading Bet on It again. So I'm not very far into it, but 
I'm kind of in a reading slump. I'm having a hard time finding motivation to like want to read. I'm glad you said that because I am too right now. Yeah. I, I think it's the back to school. I think so too. Like we're both really busy at work right now with, you know, back to school things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was definitely feeling that this week. Yeah. I've been like, you know, I really loved Delilah Green, but I was like, I just don't feel like reading. I don't feel like reading anything. Um, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds because I can kind of turn my brain off. Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of I'm trying to get myself out of that slump because I couldn't figure out if I wasn't really feeling bad on it or if it was me. Mm-hmm. And then when I switched to Delilah Green, I was like, okay, it's it's me. It's not yeah. the book. It's me. So. Yeah. I was wondering if I need to switch it up like genre wise a little bit right now, or if I need to do a really easy reread. Yeah, I think I might read like a thriller or something um, or like a nonfiction or something just to switch genres a little bit. But um, I'm also reading the Jeanette McCurdy book. I'm listening to the audiobook, which, Oof. you know, you talked about that in another episode, so I won't go over that. But goddamn. Yeah. That book. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. What about you? So... Same kind of deal, which I was kind of surprised when you told me you had to put down one to finish another because you can do multiple at once and I can't. Yeah, it's because of my slump. Yeah. So I was reading The Roughest Draft and I'm about halfway through it, but I I had the same thing where, you know, my calendar's a mess right now. My brain's a mess right now. And Mm -hmm. so it was like five days ago and I was like, oh, shit, I got to finish this one. So I had to put down The Roughest Draft and... I finished Delilah Green actually like a couple hours ago. Yeah. Um, and like we said, there's a long book. Yeah, it's a pretty long book. Um, and it's just been really busy time. We were out celebrating Katie's birthday last night mm-hmm. and her husband's birthday, joint birthdays. So again, the espresso martinis, um, the Negronis, the wine. Great ideas, bad ideas. Yeah, I'm very tired. Yeah. Um, but after Katie talking about the roughest draft so much, I'm giving it a shot. I don't know how I feel about it quite yet. I'm interested to see how I will feel at the end of it. And Well, and and yeah. you noticed today that our friend Madeline gave it two stars on Goodreads, which Madeline, if you're listening, text us because I want to know why. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see if I will... I don't think I will love it as much as you did, but... I didn't like... I didn't love it the way that I loved... A lot of the other books that I've really evangelized on here, but I did really, really like it. Yeah. I'm having trouble connecting to some of the characters right now, so. Yeah, which I think will be remedied. Okay. Yeah. I think. Nice. Um, But, so, in October, we are doing another two book club month so that we can do two spookies. Yes. We are uh, very powerful in the fall in general. Yes. This is our peak season. Peak season. Yeah. Despite, you know, maybe how tired we sound right this second. (laughs) We are. Fall is our time. Yes. So we are reading. We're doing two book clubs in October. The first of which is the new Sally Thorne book, which I haven't heard from Sally Thorne in a minute. So I'm kind of looking forward to, to diving back in. It is Angelica Frankenstein makes her match and uh it is literally what it sounds like this woman builds a boyfriend yes it's 
it is sure to be a little ridiculous, but that's kind of fun in like a spooky romance. I feel like all spooky romances have that air of being even more ridiculous than a regular one. Right. They're all going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Which like, that's what I'm here for. I want like a weird cozy fall book. Yeah. And then so for our second October book club, just so you can plan ahead, we're doing Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare, which is a... You know, we've got Frankenstein romance and then we've got a witchy romance to round it out. So we we actually had a hard time picking spooky uh, spooky romances. So if anyone has any recommendations, please hit us with them because I would like to read more spooky romances. Yeah, I feel like I have three witch ones in my net galley mm-hmm. that I'm looking forward to, like the sequel to The X-Hex, which I yeah. thought was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like cozy at the same time. Yes, very cozy. Yeah, which was exactly what I want from like an October romance. Right. And it's also witches, which I don't know. I feel like witches are the most fun. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm interested in the Frankenstein situation. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah. excited for both of those. And you can buy them both, as you all know, on our bookshop. Yes. Which will be linked in the episode description. Yes. Shop our bookshop. Support the pod. Great way to do it. And you get books out of it. And if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it is my birthday. So please go tell me happy birthday. Tell Katie happy birthday <laughs> and also shop our bookshop at the same time. For my birthday, buy a book for yourself. Yeah, Katie, what do you want for your birthday also? I want you all to buy a book for yourself. Great. <laughs> In the name Preferably of Katie. one of my faves, which, you know, we've got every book we've mentioned on the pod linked on our bookshop page. So you can assume that those are my faves. We should do it like a abigail and katie five star section Ooh, yeah we'll do that we'll add that it may not be out by the time y'all are listening to this but it will be out soon we'll do it so we will see y'all in a couple of weeks thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening go read